Hey, this is Hoops Coaching A to Z with me, Coach Terry Canova. We are going to talk about everything possible dealing with hoops and other sports. This is a deep dive into everything coaching. Each episode will be 15 to 20 minutes, short and sweet, so you can listen to us while you make your coffee or while you drive to work in the morning. Short and sweet, to the point, with as much information as we can pack into 15 minutes. Once the episode is over, you can run on over to our Facebook group and we can talk more about it. It'll be one big happy family and this is our podcast. And please, 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 I would be so grateful and so honored if you would run over to Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean, or wherever you listen to this podcast, and give us a very, very nice review. Those five-star reviews go a long way in the traction of this podcast, so it is greatly appreciated. So without further ado, let's get to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome back. I hope everybody's off to a great start to your basketball season. I know uh, it's been fun for us so far. We're excited about getting into it. Hey, thank all of our listeners. Uh, What did we talk about last time? Uh, Over 500 downloads in nine different countries. Greatly appreciate you guys listening and it's only going to get bigger and better. I'm not going to talk a whole lot on this episode because I've got two greats, and I'm talking two greats. The first one, over a thousand wins, Coach Danny Broussard from St. Thomas More High School. Let's talk to Danny. Hello, coaches. I'm Coach Danny Broussard, the head basketball coach at St. Thomas More Catholic High School in Lafayette, Louisiana. I appreciate Coach Terry Canova asking me to be part of his podcast. Uh, Coach Canova and I go back a long way. Um, When he was coaching at Catholic High of New Iberia up up in the the 80s. And uh, so we've developed a great relationship, coaching relationship together. And uh, we still keep keep up with each other every now and then. His team actually comes to our uh, girls tournament for the Thanksgiving holidays every once every four years. So been able to keep in touch with him uh, with that. So this has been great. Uh, Coach Canova's asked me to talk a little bit about uh, building a championship culture. And uh, I had to kind of think about that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I've been in this business for 40, it's going to my 40th year. And so I had to think back about, well, how, how did exactly I did build this <laughs> championship culture. And um, the first thing I, I'm going to share with you is I've been very fortunate in the fact that we have uh, four feeder schools now. At one time we had three. And um, uh, what's happened is uh, guys that have played for me uh, have a passion for the game and and I've kind of convinced them, hey, keep that passion going and why don't you coach? And so we've been very fortunate to have all three of our feeder schools, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, for the most part, uh, our former players are coaching at those feeder schools. So so that has <laughs> been a really blessing for me and the fact that when I, when I get these guys as freshmen, uh, they kind of have an understanding a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, what, what, what our uh, philosophy is, what our techniques are, what are we things that we do. Uh, and so we don't have to really start from scratch. And, and obviously, they, you know, they do a great job of, of uh, with drill work and stuff. So uh, that's been a, a big, big plus for us. Uh, I do not want to ignore the fact that 
uh, our feeder schools have played a big part in uh, in our championships here at, at St. Thomas More. Um, some other things that uh, I'd like to share with you is that um, uh, I think you need to come up with a philosophy. Do you, do you have a written down philosophy? Uh, I, I, I certainly do. And by the way, um, if at any point in time you guys would like me to send you this, uh, I continue some stuff that I have. Uh, my email is very simple. It's danny.brusard at stmcougars with an S dot net. Feel free to email me and I can, I'll be glad to share some stuff with you. Um, but, you know, I, I've written down a philosophy that I go with. And um, the first thing on my philosophy that I list is I said, be yourself. Uh, you know, I've, 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 I've uh, always idolized some great coaches back in the day when I started. Obviously, Bobby Knight was the guy, you know, and then, uh, you know, as it goes along, you say, eh, well, uh, maybe I don't want to idolize him 100%. Uh, so, <laughs> so you kind of move on. You know, Mike Krzyzewski is one of mine. I, I, I was fortunate enough to attend one of his, his clinics at, at, at Cameron Indoor. Uh, so anyway, I, I think you have to be yourself. Um, uh, you don't try to be anybody else. My brother was the head coach the first year, and I think maybe I tried to be like him, and uh, that really wasn't working out that great for me. Uh, so even though we have a lot of similarities, but, you know, you got to be yourself. Um, my brother Ricky was, is a, was a great great coach took Nichols to two NCAA tournaments uh but boy he was a tough son of a gun to play for uh and and I, I kind of said to myself well I might be a little bit more of a player's coach than, than he was uh in some ways but um again I took some parts of him and, and I tried to be myself so I think that's the first thing you need to do um I think uh, you, 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 I, one of my philosophies is that I'm going to promise to my players I'm going to do my best. Um, uh, I think when you when you are at your best and you give your all, I think you know players are pretty smart this day and age. You know they they kind of know what's going on, and when they see that you're giving your all, uh, uh, coaches, I think uh, that's when you're going to get the best from them. They're going to give you everything they got. Um, I think one of the biggest comments I ever got as a coach was I was walking into the LSU team camp many years ago. And a good friend of mine named Butch Stockton, who's still coaching, he's like 75 years old, uh, does a great job. Um, he made the comment that, man, look at this guy. Uh, the guy, that he, he always gets his guys to play the hardest that I've ever seen of anybody. Uh, and, and so I, I kind of think it as a compliment. And, um, you know, I asked myself, why does that happen? And I think... Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why is that uh, they see the effort that me and my staff are given. And so, uh, you know, they, they kind of want to be winners and they want to do the same. So uh, I, I would recommend doing that. My big thing at STM, and I'm not sure it's going to work for all of you. Again, it's part, is it part of your philosophy or not? But mine has been fundamentals. Um, we feel like with the clientele, the guys that we're getting from our Catholic feeder schools, uh, you know, we don't get the six, seven. I'm, I've had a six, seven guy every now and then, but, you know, probably five in the 40 years I've been here. So we kind of get guard oriented kids, smaller kids, uh, not the most talented, but but hardworking kids, you know, pretty, pretty disciplined, pretty smart. So um, so we've adopted the philosophy that uh, uh, we're going to be the most fundamental sound team in the state of Louisiana. And we feel like by doing that, that. Uh, that we are going to, in some games, beat teams that are more athletically uh, inclined than us uh, because our fundamentals will commit less turnovers, uh, the, you know, and thus uh, uh, giving us more opportunities to score the basket. And, and, the, and we feel like at the end of the game that the fundamentally sound team is going to win. And I think we've convinced our players of that, you know. Um, I think it's very important that uh, as we watch and film, I might see one instance where 
this one kid maybe met his pass, which which had he not done that, it might have got intercepted for a layup on the other end. And because he because he met his pass, uh, we scored a basket. And so I'll I'll stop the film and point that out to them. That okay, do you guys understand why we're doing meet the pass drill? This just saved us a game. We just won a game because of this one drill. So I think it's important that uh, you know that what you emphasize in practice that you carry over and that. If you if we if we do for the fundamental things that when it does happen in the game, I'm going to quickly point out to our players. This is why we spend all the time on drills, the fundamental drills of the game of basketball. And I'm a firm believer in that. And um, y'all, I'm going to be honest with you on a daily practice. I will spend the first hour, especially early on, like right now in October, November, the first hour is dedicated to nothing but fundamental drills from from dribbling (laughs) to passing to rebounding to shooting we, we we try to break down the game and do all fundamental drills and that's an, a daily occurrence we mix up our drills but they will be i will have a passing drill every single day in practice if not sometimes two uh passing drills uh that we work on uh just again because we feel like when we do the right things and we're fundamentally sound we're going to pull out those pl- close ball games uh matter of fact on our first championship run uh, our best player was late for shoot around the day before the semifinal game, or actually the day of the semifinal game, and uh, you know he was he was a uh, he was a high school all American, and uh, I held him out of the first quarter of the of the semifinal game, and people thought I was crazy. What are you doing? You know, but I think that sent a, sent a message that 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 stuck around for our program even to this day. Uh, guys still talk about that. Yeah, can you believe he held him out? So so our guys know that whether you're the best player or the fiftieth player, that coach is going to hold you accountable and if you uh you know don't do the right things then you might not play in a game or, or be suspended or you know held out for a quarter or so uh and so i think it's really important to hold all your players accountable for their actions uh, i think that's how you build a championship culture that the guys know going in that, that he's not going to play around and he's going to stick to his guns whether it may cost you a game or not it may cost you a championship but in the long run it's going to really pay off for you um also i believe in winning on and off the court we really preach about the classroom, about being a you know good classroom student, about being a leader in school. Last year, uh, we won our fourth state championship in a row, and I had one of the best leaders I ever had uh, leading our team. He was the president of the student council, and so we encourage our guys. When I first started coaching, I didn't worry about any of that stuff. I just wanted our guys to be basketball players. And now as I moved along, I said, like, hey, man, it's more than that. Let's be leaders at school. So we always encourage our guys to take leadership roles and be the leaders. Be the leader in the classroom. Uh, you know, be the leader in our community. Uh, do things that, that help your community out. So uh, I'm big about that. And I think uh, when you do that, uh, it, it, it definitely helps with the culture of your program. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. A guy, uh, I read this thing one time by Ralph Waldo Emerson, I think his name was. Uh, and I think the quotes went something like, uh, nothing great can be accomplished without enthusiasm. And um, look, coaches, we're all different. You know, I, my DNA is like that. I've always been a kind of fiery kind of guy, uh, a lot of intensity with me. Uh, matter of fact, I've kind of had to go the other way around. You know, I kind of got too many technical fouls. And so I've had to temper myself and work on being the other way around, not be enthusiastic or, or not too you know, overzealous about what I do. And so, uh, but some of you guys, maybe your, you know, your DNA is kind of quiet. Maybe, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, just not, not enthusiastic. And I think you need to search yourself and find times that you need to be that way. I think players feed off of that. And I think our guys, 
uh, certainly feed off the enthusiasm that I bring to practice every day. Hey, I'm, I'm having bad days like anybody else, y'all. But when I walk through those those lines of the court and that black lines, I, I, I somehow get focused and say, hey, I got to give it my best today. And let's get these guys and let's get after them. And uh, it, it just makes for a better practice. And get your coach, your assistant coaches to help you with that. But I think enthusiasm goes a long way in building a championship culture and keeping it at that at that level. Guys, I'll repeat one more time. Danny.Bruceard at stmcougars.net. Glad to hear from any of you. I hope you got something from this. I I have a lot more to share. Uh, Maybe we'll get another uh, uh, part two later on. But again, Coach Canova, thanks for having me on your podcast. Coaches, uh, right at the beginning of the season, uh, wishing you all the best uh, of luck in your season. And, um, uh, you know, again, if you just give 100%, I think that's all anybody can ever ask of you. Be enthusiastic about it and have a great year. Thank you very much. Like I said, uh, Coach Danny Broussard is one of the best in the business. I think six state championships, over a thousand wins, speaks for itself. Now let's talk to Coach Donnie Quinn, another great coach. Donnie's got about six state championships himself uh, and just numerous, numerous wins. Donnie sent us a whole lot of great information. Here's a clip of him focusing on some of the three things that he thinks or important to help build a championship program. Anyway, there's three to me three main keys that come into play when you're you know trying to develop a program like that. First of all, you know, it's the players number one. I mean, if you got good players, that's a big deal. Um, and the better the players, probably the more success you're going to have, but it's not always. Second thing would probably be the chemistry of that team. And the third aspect would be your coaching abilities. And first thing you got to figure out as a coach is why is it that you're competing? You know, is it the joy of winning or is it the fear of losing that motivates you? And to me, you know, I mean, I I personally get no joy from beating another coach or, or winning games. To me, it almost, I feel bad about it sometimes. But the fear of losing is so overwhelming to me that I think that's my motivation and I think as coaches we all have a little bit of insecurities and so it it plays right into that so you know if you're not 100% sure of yourself just the fact of losing just confirms that and so we do everything we can to not have that happen and so I think that's a a key factor that you got to figure out about yourself you know what, what it is that motivates you I think the other thing you have to have a picture in your mind of what it looks like so, you know, if I have this vision of how we look on offense, how we look on defense, what our players look like, how they act. And anything that falls short of that picture that you have, I think, you know, is you're heading in the wrong direction. And I think the fact that you're obsessed with what you see in your mind and if you just keep working towards, you know, not letting it look any different than that. And so... You know, you have to develop in your, you know, over the years, you know, I've been doing this for four, over 40 years. So, you know, I've had this image in my mind and, and, and with other teams that have been successful. So anything, anybody that I coach has to live up to that image. And so I think that's the first thing you need to do as well is find, you know, figure out what it is that your team needs to look like. The system that you choose has to make sense and it has to fit the players. You know, when I say system that you choose, you know, like you can't play pressure defense and play behind the post, or you can't play a sagging defense and 
play in front of the post. So all those all those pieces have to fit. It has to make sense. And then it has to make sense for your players, depending on the type of athletes that you have. You know, it depends on the, the type of system that you can run. I mean, if you had a big a bunch of big kids and not a lot of speed, you know, a transition team may not be in your best interest. And so figuring out who you're going to have, and, I, and unfortunately in high school that changes from year to year, and so you have to constantly be adapting. I mean, I've always said, you know, my years of coaching college and my years of coaching high school, high school coaches to me are far superior because they have to adjust and change so much quicker than, um, than we had to in college. So it's, you know, my hat's off to anybody who coaches high school because that's definitely not an easy job. As far as chemistry is concerned, a coach has to pay a lot of attention to the interactions between his players. I mean, you can do a lot of things right, but if your locker room is in trouble, then your team's in trouble. And finding out and, you know, sort of always listening and always watching to see how they're interacting with each other, you know, who they're following, um, kind of things that are being said, who's mad at who, all those kind of things. If you don't pick up on them early and they, and they get to fester, then it's going to take a while for you to straighten that out. And, of course, it might be costing you some games in the time when that's happening. And you may not even be aware of it. You know, as a coach, you're doing all these things. It's all the X and O's, all your philosophy, your system. But something's not right. You can't figure out what it is. Well, sometimes, most of the times, it's something that's in the locker room that you hadn't figured out yet. Team leaders, to me, finding out who that leader is is really important. You know, people talk about the fact that I've coached in 10 finals and won six state championships. But they you know, think about the 30 years that we had no championship and why. And it usually comes down to the leader. I can think on those, all those 10 teams that I felt we were very successful that I, can, I could visually picture that leader who was on that team. For an example, when I was at West Monroe, um, one of my first state championships there, you know, we had a really good team. And so... When it came to choosing the captains back then, I used to let the team choose choose the captain. Well, very rarely is the true leader of the team somebody that they pick to be your captain. But this is one of those cases where it did happen. And so, you know, she gets picked as as the captain. And well, the first thing in her meeting, she stands up and tells the players, you know, y'all chose me as your captain. I appreciate that. But the bad news is. I'm going to do everything I can to, to help us win, but my allegiance is to my coach. So if there's anything that you do that I find out about that doesn't help this team, I'm just telling you up front, I'm going to tell him. So if you're going to get mad, get mad at me now because I'm going to do what's best for this team and I work for him, not for you. So I knew right then that we were going to have a very successful season. And every team that we've had success with has sort of had that type of player that, that leads. Now, the other years when we didn't win, it's probably because the person who was the leader of the team was also not the captain and had maybe their own things that they wanted to accomplish or just that different personality that you know, wasn't all in for team. And so you got to be really careful of who is leading your team, and you got to figure that out early if you're going to be successful. Okay, the third thing is the players. When you have great players, everything's easier. If they're athletic and fast and can jump and they're skilled, I mean, you know, you don't have to coach quite as hard because they can do things already that, you know, you're not even going to teach them. 
but they still have to be able to run a system and they still have to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And every player needs to be de- developed. You know, regardless of how good they are, they can always get better. And so how do you do that? You know, to me, when we do our drills, every player does the same drills. I don't care if we're shooting threes, ball handling, everything else that's involved, they all do the same drills because there's no... You know, back in the day, if you were big, you were at one end of the court. If you were a guard, you're at the other end of the court. And we do some individual stuff, but for the most part, basketball skills are basketball skills. And I want every player being able to do those same skills. And the four skills that, you know, we have to address every day, you know, for the first hour of practice, it's all shooting, passing, dribbling, and defense. You know, no matter what position you play, you have to be able to shoot. You have to be able to pass. You have to be able to dribble. And so our first hour is always dedicated to doing something in in those lines. And then every shooter, every shooting drill, you know, I learned this a long time ago. You know, we can all shoot when nobody's guarding us, but it's different when somebody's in front of us. So every shooting drill that we do, if, if I shoot the ball, I have to immediately turn around and put a hand up on the next shooter. And then, and consequently, the same thing. I don't want anyone ever taking a shot where somebody's not in front of them with a hand up. That's sort of things that pop out of my mind that, to me, have made a difference over the years. Um, I love doing this, and hopefully, it helps in a little bit. Like Terry says, if you can pick up one nugget, that's you know that you're you're ahead of the game. How good is that stuff? Uh, and the last thing Donnie dropped was a little bit of surprise. Uh, he kind of dropped the bombshell on the group. And I wanted to leave this in as a sort of PSA for our guys. In Alabama, we have these coaching clinics that we go to. And I can remember one of the first ones I went to, first one I got to know Terry really well. He asked me, had I gotten my prostate exam at the clinic, which they didn't. Of course, I didn't even know what he was talking about at the time. But he told me that you know that they have free prostate exams, and I go and get one, and I've gotten one every year since then. And so it's really important because last year I actually got diagnosed with um, prostate cancer, and the fact because of him that I had this long ten-year period of exams, they were able to compare them, and then they knew something was wrong early. So I had my prostate removed, and you know no problems since then, or no problems with cancer. So you know. It's really important, you know, to to do that. And like I said, in some ways, Terry may have saved my life as well. So I appreciate him for that and, and his friendship along the way. So anyway, that's what I have so far. And if um, you have any questions, you could reach me, I'm sure, through Terry. I appreciate you listening and good luck. Obviously, when I heard that about uh, his prostate cancer, that was a, that was a jaw drop to me. But uh, absolutely, men... Be sure and go out there and uh, get those prostate exams. Uh, and ladies, you know, mammograms and, and those things for you as well. Uh, take care of your health. You're no good to your families and your teams if uh, if you let your health get away from you. But uh, how about that for an episode? Two of the greatest coaches that are on the planet. Two of the greatest coaches on the planet and just happen to be uh, dear, dear friends of mine. Appreciate them giving us their time. Appreciate them joining us. And uh, that's what we're going to do more of on our podcast. Uh, instead of just hearing me babble all the time, we're going to get some of the greats. And between those two, we're talking about uh, probably 2,000 wins or so. 
and uh, 12 state championships. So that's enough for now. Good luck with your teams. Good luck with everything. And we will see you again next week. Have a wonderful time. Stay well. Bye-bye. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. And if you would, give us five stars and a nice review so that we can build our audience and reach more people. See you next week. Thank you.